The Big Sip. Hi, this is Gabriela Fernandez, your host of The Big Sip. We are back for another incredible episode. And in front of me, I've got Christy Serato, founder, CEO, woman of color entrepreneur of Pair Anything. And if you haven't heard it, well, don't you worry, because we're giving you a show today. She has just created this incredible platform that is trailblazing the industry. I mean, we're talking about uh, something that is finally going to bridge, I think, two things that you've been able to identify as as the wine industry needing a little bit of help in, you know, diversity being one of them. And obviously, how do we bring in technology to so many of these winery partners? And and you've you've found that niche. You've found that market. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you, Gabriela. I am so excited for this opportunity to share our exciting journey. And Pair Anything really came about in 2019 uh, when we won the UC Davis Big Bang Business Competition. And it really brought together this passion, you know, the intersection between technology, customer experience, and wine. Mm. And imagine um, bringing aspiring enthusiasts, um, as we all are, <laughs> yes, different stages of our wine journey, and being able uh, to be on a digital platform that connects us to local wineries. Mm. And on the other side, uh, imagine um, empowering uh, our wineries who tend to be on the low-tech side to be able uh, to bridge the digital divide, to mm-hmm. connect with uh, a growing, more diverse, more tech-savvy uh, consumers. So that's what we're doing, and it's it's really more than an app. Yeah. I, I like to think of it as a movement uh, to help the $70 billion wine industry to better serve uh, today's consumers. And I think that that is the incredible thing that you have found here is you are literally pioneering a a service. But beyond that, beyond it just being a service, this platform that is going to do exactly that, bring more equity, accessibility to the table when it comes to just a different diverse group of people who are emerging in this market to have access to that wine, but then in turn, empower. You use such a keyword. I love that. Empower winery owners, winery producers to recognize, hey, if you've been talking about wanting to do more in this space, here is this tool. Let me give you the resources to do that, to connect with these diverse group of consumers in a way that's also going to make sense for you. Yes. And, you know, it's it's really uh, notable that as a woman of color entrepreneur who may not fit into the traditional profile of those representing this wine industry, you know, to come in, represent uh, you know the consumer voice, mm-hmm. uh, bring technology expertise, and really an earnest uh, desire to help and innovate as a, a lean entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a phenomenal opportunity, and I'm very cognizant that it's a exploratory journey, and uh, we have an agile startup that is innovating constantly. You know, every two weeks we come up with a new release based on feedback from the wineries and from the consumers because we know in order to drive the future of wine uh, requires collaboration. Mm-hmm, and absolutely. so I, pr- I bring you know one perspective and uh, looking forward to bring others um, into this movement and really make wine more accessible. Mm-hmm. If, if you've ever felt like you know this um, anxiety when you're at a restaurant <laughs> opening that wine list and not knowing what wines pair with what and trying to find a wine within your budget, mm-hmm. why not have a, a simple cheat sheet in the convenience form factor as a 
your mobile phone mm-hmm. to give you this guidance. And guess what? You know, you'll be surprised that you'll discover new varietals. Uh, you'll discover that you can enjoy wine um, with the cuisines that you enjoy. And it's not necessarily the traditional cuisines normally paired with wine. It could be Filipino food. Hey, <laughs> uh, Mexican, Mexican food. Yes. And h- how beautiful is that? And it really opens up the possibilities. And, and, and you know that your spectrum can then expand. Mm-hmm. And so by having this discovery mindset, this tool that gives you all the, the, the guidance that you need, then you gain confidence, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that I have to attribute <laughs> was the success in my career because when I graduated from UC Davis, um, I, I knew when I was getting into the banking world and later in technology that uh, to network, um, either I had to learn to play golf, uh, which was <laughs> a challenge being left-handed. I couldn't find any left-hand instructor or learn to enjoy wine. And I discovered this magic, magical powers of wine, mm. bringing people together. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be enjoyed with food. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be discussed and explored um, you know, endlessly. There's this romance of wine that I hope you aspiring enthusiasts can also discover. And we need to do it now because I, I feel that technology is the catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. I think it's the enabler um, to help young uh, consumers to learn to appreciate wine, discover our wonderful local you know, wineries that are just making the best product out there. And if only we could help them um, just thrive, especially in this um, new normal right. that, that we're this all pandemic. in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think something that, that this is really going to do as well is as you noted, you know, just make it more accessible because I think there is this almost this fear sometimes when it comes to wine, even just talking about wine, you ask me like, what do you smell? You know, and no one ever wants to say what they smell because they're scared to be wrong. And there's this uh, sort of notion around wine that because it's always been this very exclusive product, this very fine, elegant product, not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but the way that we, you know, talk about it, it almost makes it seem as though you need to have this very very elite understanding of it. But part of the discovery process in getting to know more about the wine and where it's coming from is just simply exploring it and discovering it on your own. And that shouldn't be something that's so scary to enter or to do. It should be fun. It should be something to be enjoyed with so many people. Yes. And, and that's why we create an immersive, fun environment, uh, digital environment. And it's because we try to take away the myth that it's an elite club that you have to be in. Mm-hmm. And really the difference of someone starting out in their wine journey versus somebody who is a wine expert. It's really a matter of time, um, education, and a lot of tastings, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, there really isn't any bad wine. It's just maybe it doesn't quite match your palate. 100%. Or doesn't pair well with the foods that you're eating. Mm -hmm. And learning the vocabulary and trusting, really trusting in what you like is the most important thing. Mm. So I think, you know, like following what the critics say in terms of the way (laughs) they rank the wine, I think it's, it's a good guidance, but it's just one data point. Because right. Unless you know what that wine critic likes and what the wine profiles um, they rank, you also need to understand does it match with what you like. Exactly. And with our wine app, and this really goes beyond us an app, but it's one of the things that we 
we try to do is learn what you like and it, it's going to change over time. You know, asking you a few questions will help us guide pairing recommendations, um, some wine suggestions. And then you have the opportunity to rank it. You know, you, you can rate it, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. And then over time, you get to understand what you like. And then also we encourage you to try different varietals. And this, I think, makes it accessible for anyone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't assume any specific wine knowledge. You can start from whether you like red or white. <laughs> <laughs> or knowing a lot about the different varietals, um, the different wine regions. and It meets wh- you where you're at on your level. That's correct. And and that, that's all that matters, exactly. honestly. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to let everybody know exactly what Pair Anything is like. But beyond that, I want to know more about the incredible woman entrepreneur behind this. You know, you mentioned being in other industries prior to sort of launching this company. And, and I'm curious to learn about that woman and sort of what led you to this incredible product, especially knowing that, you know, you won that award at UC Davis that ultimately led to this very, very big, successful, exciting space in the middle of a pandemic uh, of all things, right? But but there's some history here. And, and prior to us even jumping on the air, I know one of the biggest things that you and I related about was cores and values that you need to have and upbringing and how all of those things play a factor in what you try to do now as an adult, whether that be in your personal life and your professional life, how you incorporate it all. Walk me through a little bit of, of that journey and how you were influenced over the years and what was it that influenced you to kind of get you to this point? And we can just take it from there. My story, I believe, is a story that mostly everyone can relate. Uh, it's an immigrant uh, entrepreneur story. My parents, you know, came from the Philippines. They were both college educated and based on the circumstances at the time, they weren't able to practice uh, what they studied or trained for Mm -hmm. as an accountant and as a pharmacist. Yet, what I love about my parents is that they were ingenious, they were resourceful, and they had a very strong work ethic, and that was a great example for me. So raising uh, a family of seven, uh, they started their own business. And even when they moved to the corporate world, working in tech and insurance, they still had their side hustles, right? <laughs> because they want to provide for their kids, a right? A family of seven. A family of seven. And we were just talking about this earlier that, you know, you, you don't really realize how little or um, modest means that you had growing up until... Mm-hmm you reflect reflect back and see others that had a lot more. Mm -hmm. Yet we had such a rich childhood. You know, we traveled, uh, maybe not on the plane. We did a lot of road trips, Mm -hmm. but it was a very happy childhood. And and, and it really grounded me that it's all about working hard and achieving what you want Mm. and and really knowing your priorities. And and for for my parents, um, it it was definitely all about the family coming together, um, enjoying, you know, a meal together and really... um, one of the things that I take away, and I have to pause a bit because 2020 was quite hard for me. And I think this is the reason why um, all these lessons are becoming more prominent. It's because I, I lost my mom in May. I'm and so sorry to hear that. Thank you. And it, during the this um, pandemic, obviously, uh, there were a lot of challenges in spending time with her and even um, the service that we had to provide. Yet what I take away in this moment is, is you know, the, the kindness and the belief mm-hmm. that she had in me that I, I could achieve anything that I set my mind. Because one thing that she always said is that, Christy, you'll always be all right. <laughs> Whatever thing that I, you know, that I 
you know, came to her for, whether it's um, not getting accepted, you know, in, in some company or, you know, any trials and tribulations, she always said, you'll always be all right. And so in this 2021, <laughs> we're, we're facing, I think, a very optimistic year. I think it's going to be a great year for Pair Anything as we kind of turn the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that I'll be all right because of the foundation that she provided. My mom was a very kind, hardworking woman, and uh, she, was, she was very generous in everything that she did. And it's one of the values that we instilled in our corporate culture is things that I learned from my mom. And, and the basis of that is really the kindness. And I know, Gabriela, <laughs> you share that with your I do. I happen to be wearing a button that says, be kind on it. <laughs> it's amazing. Something so simple, a statement, you can't not say it enough because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great reminder, especially with what we're dealing as a country, uh, especially, you know, the, the, the challenges of get over this pandemic. Yeah, you know, we can do it all together. And I think it's just a matter of, of supporting, mm-hmm. um, you know, one another, one another. And also another thing is, you know, making sure that you spend some time with self-care. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, imp- so important. <laughs> I hope everyone took away a self-care lesson out of 2020. <laughs> For sure. And more importantly, you know, as a woman of color, I acknowledge that there are some challenges. I think not enough resources um, and maybe not enough uh, examples out there. And, and so I hope, you know, that I, I can serve as that, you know, to be an example, mm. to mentor others. Not only am I a founder and CEO of Pair Anything, I'm also also the director of the nonprofit Sacramento Entrepreneurship Academy. I'm Amazing. Also, yeah, and I'm also leading the Sacramento Female Founders Collective. And Amazing. It's because I feel entrepreneurship is really the most democratic principles, you know, to lift up people. Mm-hmm. It's inclusive and it's really up to you to make something of yourself. And I just want to just let people know that, you know, I'm here, um, you know, for anyone that, you know, wants some kind of guidance or mentorship. I, I want to be a resource uh, mm. for, for this community. And I really believe in all the successes that I've achieved. It's because there were others before me that, that pulled me up. And one of the mantras of the Sacramento Entrepreneurship Academy is replicate yourself. Mm. And so I, I hope I can do that. Um, you know, and definitely Pair Anything is one of my platforms to do that. That's amazing that there is so much there that gets me excited that I want to unpack. You know, anything from thinking about replicating yourself, why representation is so important in these spaces. You know, it makes us believe in ourselves that we too can be a part of that solution, um, that we can exist in these spaces. I love that you said entrepreneurship is that catalyst for you specifically where you think, you know, people can really start to uplift themselves. And I think that's why in the last 10 years or so, you've really seen a lot more of a push for people starting their own businesses, whether that be through coaching, mentorship, or their own event planning services, starting an application that it can really bridge a gender racial imbalances that exist in the wine industry. Any of these spaces, you see more people heading in that direction. And I think it's because the conversation has started to shift around a lot of people of color recognizing and even looking back at their parents' sacrifices and things that they've had to go through. You know, they're not, they're no longer willing to wait around for lack of a better term, the white man to hand them, you know, an opportunity. It's like, all right, we recognize that systemic racism is a thing, that there is some deeply seated oppression that exists institutionally, systemically, individually with people and their own biases. And if I'm going to want to get around that or above that, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. It goes back to the the saying that a lot of people are saying right now, which is uh, if there isn't a seat at the 
the table. Well, then, damn it, I'm going to build my own seat at the table or I'll just build my own table all together and invite, you know, people around me and show them that my table is inclusive. And that is, I think, where entrepreneurship can be so incredibly valuable, both for the individual, obviously, who's trying to create a platform for themselves, but then everyone else around them gets to reap those benefits, whether that be from a mere interaction, a connection, an opportunity, all of these beautiful things that can get created when other people see folks who look like them, who might share a similar immigrant story, as as you mentioned, you know, at the beginning saying that your story is probably similar to what a lot of other people can relate to. You know, my parents are immigrants and listening to you talk um, and, and earlier when we were off the air, you know, even coming to our parents and how they provided and how you look back and, and you don't recognize the sacrifices that they must have seriously gone through to try to make it seem like your life didn't lack a single thing. And the richest part of all of that was the values and the happiness that you had at the end of the day. And no matter what financially problems they might have been going through or hardships or mental health issues they might have been going through, which at that time, it certainly wasn't okay for people to talk about. Looking back, you just see the resiliency that they had. And you almost take that with you in the new spaces that you want to operate in. And you want to bring more of that forth. And the the key thing there, and and you said it so eloquently, you always want to thank your parents. You always want to make them proud. And so every action that, I, that I've taken in my career was always based on that. And when you see the gender and racial imbalance in this industry, the wine industry, mm-hmm. I, I, I know that I can contribute because I've done that in other industries, uh, whether it's the financial uh, space, the technology space, and IT security. And I, I let, reflect back on my career. You know, I've traveled in 50 plus countries. And so cool. <laughs> and imagine that opens your eyes to a lot of stuff. Right. And and, and how world the world is such a big place and how you, we're all a global citizen. Mm-hmm. And I've been in situations more times than I can remember that I'm always the only female, mm. the only, you know, Filipina, the only woman of color mm-hmm. at the table. And you know what? I never really thought about it deterring me. Because my parents, I'm sure, were also in that situation when they came to this country. Mm-hmm. And so I remember one time in Bangladesh, there was a company that brought me out there for my subject matter expertise. Yet I wasn't invited to the table for the entire week that I was there. And th- until they were all tired of hearing themselves. And finally, I, I was able um, to be given the, the voice. And I realized is that, you know, I acknowledge that some people have a little bit of a mindset to get over. Yet I could be that positive influence to open up their eyes. Mm -hmm. And then when I spoke, obviously, I felt that I added value and they appreciated it. And so when I left Bangladesh, the managing director gave me this box of cookies. And the managing director purposely picked out every cookie in that box because he was observing me and picking out only the cookies that I liked. (laughs) And so you have this person that at first didn't want me to speak. Yet he was very thoughtful in thanking me and acknowledging me. So I feel that individually we can all make a change. Mm -hmm. And so I hope with my past experiences in other industries that I can also have a positive impact in the wine industry. 
And I think pair anything is is going to be that a catalyst that gets us there. So in trying to let our listeners know exactly what pair anything is, walk me through sort of this space that you've reimagined to try to make that wine experience more accessible. What is it that pair anything is exactly doing? How do consumers interact with it? Why is it going to be beneficial for the uh, winery partner as well as the consumer? And all together, just because I know this is this is really the goal with it. How do you think this is going to bring forth more unity in this space? So I always like to, you know, close my eyes and imagine the possible, right? So this wine app at the very basic is to help anyone to learn about wine, to be able to find a dish that they enjoy and pair it with wine. So it's very simple and elegant, I believe, is you enter a dish. uh, Let's say uh, I'm enjoying something from my culture, um, like beef machado mm. or um, pozole. Mm, and we, yummy. <laughs> we type that in and you get a wine recommendation. Uh, it, it could be a, a varietal. And then you may want to be able to buy that wine uh, so you can shop with a local winery. So it, it's, it's that simple. And let's say you want to learn more about that varietal. It's maybe something that you haven't heard of. Let's say a, a Riesling. You could then chat with the winery and ask someone any question that you like. And what I like about that is that we're connecting, we're creating this digital environment for a consumer to be connected intimately mm-hmm. in a platform with the winery. And that's something that I think is not present. And, and I believe that is part of uh, reimagining mm-hmm. this, this wine experience. And one thing that you know we want to keep in mind is, is that we need to change the, the story, right? Um, women, surprisingly, make up 80% of all the wine purchase decisions. And 80%. 80%, right? Women and, and, make up 80% of all wine purchasing decisions. And that's quite powerful. That right? That is extremely powerful. I hope everybody understands exactly how powerful. 80% is not a small number. And, and that, that to me is it's like mind-boggling, right? And so why do we not create experiences that appeal to women? And, and, and generally just to appeal to a more diverse audience, mm-hmm. right? And that gets back to bridging the digital divide for the wineries, right? How are they going to scale up? Obviously, with the tasting rooms closed, they're they're somewhat hampered. Mm-hmm. And the way to do that is to create digital experiences, you know, to kind of recreate a tasting room experience that consumers can participate in anywhere, anytime. And and that's really what we're doing. So helping the wineries um, unlock the digital, you know, consumer learn more about uh, what they like, be able to personalize the experience. And in fact, if you walk in with the Pair Anything app, one of our wineries in our network, we can let the winery know that you arrived. That's <laughs> and amazing. And that's like, hey, Gabriella, welcome um, to you know this winery. And I know I noticed that you like this particular wine. May I pour you a glass? Mm-hmm. And now you're personalizing the experience. Exactly. And 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 then that really is quite intriguing for, um, for the winery because they're all about appreciating their product, giving this customer service, mm-hmm. now they have a tech tool um, to give them that competitive differentiator. And I think that that's what's lacking because you get that when you're physically present in the tasting room. And now that everyone has had a pivot into this virtual space, how do you continue to connect with and provide that same experience, level of service, connectivity? I think that this space being everyone sort of, you know, in their own homes and having to kind of not connect with people in person 
What we crave now is that connectivity, right? Even some people are starting to say, get me back into the office. I just want to see my coworkers and do the gossip in the office. Whatever that looks like, we're craving that connectivity. And Pair Anything allows the winery producer as well as the consumer to do exactly that, to connect. Right. And we're, we're all humans and we're starving for that connection. And so anything that we can do to foster a digital connection that can also support the wineries when they start opening up because they now have a, a larger understanding of their customer base. They could be more customer centric mm-hmm. and really empowering them with, with data, you know, try to be more data driven to help them achieve a sustainable business model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, you know, earlier, it even allows you to, let's say, you know, you're having a certain dish. Let's say I want to have some mole because, you know, it, it's funny that you talk about and actually one of the coolest things that I like about this is and it's in the name pair anything right so often the conversation around wine is uh, the very traditional foods that we've all known right you go to a, a steakhouse you're gonna get a big bold cab with your steak you have to have a white wine with seafood and no one really explores beyond those boundaries and in beyond that when you start to talk about dishes that are more ethnic centered right whether it be Filipino food whether it be certain spices that you find in Mexican food People then start to change the conversation and say, you can't really pair wine with those foods. Like they're too, they're too ethnic. There's too many spices. You're going to ruin the flavors of the wine. And that's just not true. You're just not exploring with the right wines. That also takes you beyond maybe your own little bubble of the wines that you've tried. Maybe you've only ever tried California wines. Well, how about you learn about this really cool thing that they're doing over in Latino America uh, or in Spain uh, and start exposing yourself to some of those great varietals that might end up being profoundly amazing with that dish that you didn't know about because you wouldn't have had access to whether it be the knowledge, the education, just the information. And you come full circle, and this is the the cool benefit from a, a local perspective, is it tells you where you can find that wine in your local area. So now your dollars, your purchasing power is being invested directly back into your community. And that's the beauty of it is is, is that community aspect, right? Um, it, it, it's fostering knowledge. And, and Gabby, thank you for mentioning mole. It's one of my <laughs> favorite dishes, and it just brings a lot of you know warmth because there's a lot of history in that dish. Mm-hmm. And it also makes you want to think about not just the varietals that may pair uh, with mole, and it's, again, a, a matter of experimentation and, and discovery, and you may want to also discover the regions. I mean, Baja mm-hmm. California is making some amazing wines, and wouldn't it be fun to pair Mexican wines with Mexican cuisine, mm-hmm. right? And and so I love this unlimited possibility that the concept of pair anything brings and and that really motivates me you know in in our mission to make the wine industry really better serve today's consumers and to know that the consumer profile has changed Mm -hmm. right it leans towards the gen x and the millennials they're more diverse Mm -hmm. they're more digitally savvy they love to research and they crave the personalized experience 100 percent and I want the, the particularly smaller family-owned wineries to have a competitive differentiator. Out of the 11,000 wineries in the United States, it's mind-boggling that 97% are small wineries, you know, small wow, winery businesses. Wow, I did businesses. not know that. And for the most part, they're... Uh, and then you have Gallo, who just purchased, you know, almost $810 right. million from Constellation. And they have deep resources, you know, to 
to move their behemoth organization to the digital transformation that's needed in this mm-hmm. industry. So how do we help the smaller businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And I know from my 20 plus years of experience, uh, it's really technology that can really empower businesses to create remarkable customer experiences. We know that wineries, small wineries, are artisan winemakers. They make phenomenal products. Let's help them continue doing what they do best. And let's try to complement them by providing them with innovation Mm -hmm. to really thrive in this new normal that we're facing. Absolutely. Do you think that uh, technology is the only thing that the wine industry is, is lacking at this moment to really catapult them into a new space by connecting with those more diverse groups of people? Or what do you think are the elements right now, the key elements that they should really be focusing on in order to move into this space in the future where you are going to be engaging with the more diverse groups of people? Actually, uh, I just learned something um, from you and it really complements with what we're trying to promote. I mean, obviously technology is uh, one of our key ingredients, our contribution to this industry. Yet what I feel is equally important is representation, Mm -hmm. right? And we need to attract others like me who want to contribute and represent this industry. We also want to reach out to different consumer profiles. You know, I have a a colleague and I love, you know, that she's blogging her winery visits, not just in English, but in Spanish. Oh, so great. And and I love that. You know, I I think it's, it's acknowledging that we're all different and we all have different perspectives, yet we can all enjoy wine. Mm hmm. And I I think we need to be part of that. And and we have purchasing power that needs to be recognized. And I I think we can use that purchasing power to have the industry serve us better. And I don't think that you knowing more than I should be the the qualifier. Exactly. I think, you know, that's the beauty of wine. It, It brings people together and really anyone can access it and it can add enrichment, you know, to our lives. So it comes down to just recognizing, you know, representation matters and even more so in this industry. Absolutely. How have you taken that personally as your driving factor in whether it's with Pair Anything or in other areas of your life as knowing, you know, representation is important. You being a woman of color, you mentioning earlier, you know, so often you were the only woman in the room and so often you were the only woman of color in the room. How has that really driven you throughout your life, throughout your history in trying to advance and change? that makeup. So Gabby, it may surprise you that I'm actually uh, quite an introvert. Uh, so this year uh, is a, a year for me to definitely use my, my voice and my platform to be a, of service to others. And, you know, I, I work with, um, you know, several women of color entrepreneurs, and I'm honored, you know, to support them in their journeys, because it's inspiring for me, and it, it really fulfills me. And so I hope uh, that I can continue doing that and also being able to not only support others in their journey, but also go out there and use Pair Anything as an example and and show them how it can be done, Mm -hmm. right? In terms of starting a company, launching a technology solution, being able to solve problems for customers, even raising capital for this company, right? So difficult to do. It is. and and, Especially as a woman of color. Women of color, uh, we all know the statistics. Yet it is just a statistic, and it's also a challenge for us to change that dynamic. 
and I want to be part of that change. I'm just so impressed because, you know, you've done something that is not easy to do being a woman, being a woman of color at that. Because as you mentioned, you know, the statistics show us that especially when it comes to capital, people wanting to invest in those in those business models of a person who is a woman of color. Most of the time you're, you're going to get banks looking at you like not the thing we want to invest in. Right. We all know the way that systemically it works. How did you how did you push beyond maybe some of those challenges or what was that motivating factor that made you keep going and being like, I'm not going to allow this to stop me? I look at it as developing long term relationships with people and it could be a long journey. Right. So our story is, is being written as we go. I came from the Bay Area, and, and I'm sure if I started this technology company, it would be a different story in the Bay Area. Yet, I was brought into the Sacramento region you know, for personal reasons, to take care of my parents, and all of a sudden, I stumbled into this idea that became into reality. And now I'm, I'm part of this uh, supportive startup ecosystem, and I've been able to develop nurturing relationships. And so I, I have confidence that if you're part of this um, Cult, you know, that you cultivated this nourishing community that they will root for you and mm. they want you to succeed, mm-hmm. right? And I would do the same as well, being part of this community that would want others to succeed. And, and, I, and I think that's how, that's going to be my, uh, I would say, my, my secret <laughs> weapon to success <laughs> is, is, is uh, being part of a supportive community uh, that knowing that I won't be alone uh, in this journey, that in as much that I'm very dedicated you know, to um, delivering success for me and my team, that there'll be others who's going to support our journey because they believe in us, they believe in our mission, and they believe in the big problem that we're trying to solve mm-hmm. uh, with this transforming of a $70 billion industry that is uh, woefully low tech. And imagine- Surprisingly. <laughs> and imagine how technology uh, can uh, create change mm-hmm. and bring more equity, bring more equity, um, bring better customer experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I got goosebumps uh, when you started talking about, you know, who you surround yourself with. I think uh, those are those are hard lessons sometimes that we learn, right? Not we definitely don't learn them the easy way most of the time. Sometimes there can be some disappointment in that. But when you get on the other side and you really start to recognize your circle and I think when we're younger, we we take that a little different, right? I can still recall my mom telling me like, oh, you shouldn't hang out with that person. And you take it so personally at the time, like as if I don't know who's good for me, you know, but your parents, that's what they do. They always have your best interest. And it's not because they're trying to tell you who you can be around with or who you can't be around with. They, they try to get you to really understand something that fundamentally you don't fully comprehend until you are an adult and until you've had a little bit of that experience to know you're a product of your environment. And if your circle consists of people who are doubters, of people who, even if you have a question like, hey, can you, can you help me? You know, Let's just say you were barely launching Pair Anything and you had this idea and you just wanted to kind of go back and forth with some information and get my feedback. If you don't even have a friend in your corner who's willing to sit down with you to just kind of bounce ideas off one another, like get a different friend in your circle. You know, you should have people around you that you can be comfortable enough to say, hey, this is something I'm interested in and for them to want to root for you or to ask like how can I help you know what kind of connections do they have that they might be able to assist you with because at the end that's what it's all about it's about all of us climbing up together Mm -hmm. and knowing that when you do it together 
more people can get up with you. Um, And even if you do happen, you know, I know there's definitely people out there who I'm sure historically speaking, whether it's because they didn't have family around or friends around, maybe you have had to do things on your own and maybe it made things even more difficult. But it's also equally important if you have made it to turn around and be like, how can I uplift other communities, other people behind me so that, as you mentioned, replicating yourself, knowing that it doesn't end with you and that that knowledge, that connection, uh, that friendship, whatever you want to call it, extends and transcends beyond your legacy and whatever it is that you're leaving behind. Yeah, it's creating a a virtuous uh, circle and knowing that you're not alone and you cannot do it alone. And as an entrepreneur, you know, women of color entrepreneur, it's even more challenging. And, and so knowing how to build and cultivate your tribe is, is so important. And I, and I can't emphasize that enough. It, it's like I took the, the, the example that my family gave me, having a very supportive um, family allowed me to succeed you know, academically and, you know, in my career. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm kind of building this uh, larger uh, family network mm-hmm. that uh, that I can lean on. And, and 2020 was the most unprecedented year that I had to lean on other people um, to get me through day by day. And, you know, it, I, I, I was bearing a lot, but I knew that I could turn to others, uh, you know, for um, comfort as I manage my grief but also um, continue to forge ahead with the direction for pair anything and, and learning to improvise in our support to the wineries as they're dealing with a mm-hmm. pandemic. So personal loss plus this global pandemic plus the business challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was remarkable and it really allowed me to reimagine what resilience is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we all have it in us. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and let's be confident that we are strong and we need to always believe in ourselves that you know we, we can always overcome and we can always thrive. So let's trust in that. Like your mom told you, you know, you're gonna, Chrissy, you're gonna be all right. And we are all gonna be all right, you know? It, it might not necessarily feel like it in that moment, but as you said, having that community behind you is, is what makes it feel just a little bit easier, a little bit better. I always get so curious about, and I don't know if you experience this in your own culture, but I know in my culture, it's huge around this idea that you have to do things on your own, that you shouldn't ask for help or that you shouldn't ask for favors and that asking for favors is somehow viewed is a bad thing. Did you ever have to work through some of those challenges? Was that ever an issue growing up or or things that you saw? And how do you get around that? What advice do you give to people who, you know, have been brought up with this idea culturally that not doing it on your own means that you weren't that successful because you had to ask for help? I never had that pressure. I mean, I don't know if it's unique to my culture or just my family, but it was hard to disappoint my parents. They're always... That must have been nice. It was hard to disappoint them. Honestly, I find it's, it's, I think, uh, unusual, uh, yet it was nice to know that even if I didn't have the best grades, um, but for the most part I did, uh, that I couldn't disappoint them because their benchmark was, you know, are you happy? Mm. And I think this is very much a Filipino uh, cultural thing is, are you eating well? (laughs) And for the most part, I could always answer yes and yes. (laughs) And so that allowed me to know what is important is, is, you know, being happy, uh, you know, taking care of yourself and then, you know, eating well and, you know, having enough to eat, uh, being able to enjoy your, your food, being able to share with others. Sometimes that's all it takes to remind you what's important in life. 
and it goes back to knowing that you'll you'll be all right because as long as your basic needs are met and how simple it is to achieve the the, the basic needs of happiness and mm-hmm. and being able to nourish yourself and i think um not just food but also nourishing your your soul your soul 100 percent 100 percent. how do you how do you nourish your soul especially throughout 2020 and and just now the things that you're hopeful for for pair anything and looking to the future what what gets you excited the most it's helping others. Uh, I, you know, I wake up each day um, knowing that I have a purpose, and that allows me to, you know, move forward. And any time that I can help others and innovate allows me to be a better person, and I'm thankful for that. I love that. Well, so you also mentioned being the director of uh, the nonprofit Sacramento Entrepreneurship Academy. So what advice would you then say for anybody, whether they be a woman, a woman of color, or just anyone in general, wanting to kind of take that leap of faith in themselves and start something like this? Where would you say they should begin? What kind of advice would you have for them? What kind of circles should they surround themselves in? Or should they get connected with you? <laughs> yes, uh, my best advice uh, usually is, is just, you know, take that leap, right? If you have a great idea, don't let it just fester in and just knowing that you have a great idea. With all the startup methodologies out there, you can test that idea and see if you're actually solving a problem. And there's a lot of resources out there. Um, I'll put myself uh, as a resource. And you know, the Sacramento Entrepreneurship Academy has been around for 30 plus years. Mm. I was a founding fellow. So, oh, that's amazing. So you, you know that I hardly believe in the, the power of entrepreneurship, the power of having um, the mentorship and, and surrounding yourself with people that you can learn from and can support you. All the, the greatest inventions really happen during challenging times. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as, as we're you know, overcoming this pandemic, um, there's going to be a um, tremendous amount of innovation that comes out of it. And, and I hope it's going to be from somebody in this audience. <laughs> And that'll be exciting for sure, especially to just see, you know, what new ideas and things continue to come up um, as the as the years progress, especially, like I said, pair anything. I really do think that you're solving a problem here from both uh, a consumer perspective, accessibility, obviously winery producers, smaller producers who maybe, you know, have been trying to think of a way that they can connect with more consumers to learn about their wines. Um, I think this is really going to elevate the diversity platform from both how we're bringing in a diverse group of people as well as when you really start to explore cuisine and how it completely envelops itself and marries with wine, you then start to go into a conversation around, well, how can we change this to, you know, include more culturally ethnic foods and maybe wines from other cultures? So I think what you're doing is is very exciting. If there was a a small winery producer or, or just anybody who really wanted to partner with you and learn more about this space, if it, there's a fee, if it's free, all of those things, what is the best way for them to connect with you so that they can start these conversations? Yeah, when we launched our solution at the start of the pandemic in March, uh, we, we knew that we're in it for the long term. And so we offered our base platform for free. So if you're wow. a winery looking to harness technology to support your business, uh, you can get on our platform. Uh, you're able to be in our wine directory. 
and access our digital community. You're able to promote your, your special deals. And we, we put all your contact information um, so that they can reach you and, and, and schedule a, a visit. And that's, that's, uh, that gets you started. And now you're part of this digital revolution. Uh, for the consumers, we make it very easy. Um, the app is available uh, for you to download. Um, you can go to our pairanything.com, um, P-A-I-R, a-N-Y-T-H-I-N-G.com, and you can sign up for it. And we really want to welcome more people to come to our platform because we're, as I mentioned, evolving as we go. And it sure would be great to get more feedback, um, both on the consumer side and on the winery side, because you know we're in it to help this industry redefine what it means to serve our new consumer profile, mm-hmm. and we can't do it alone. And and this is a a new movement um, that we're helping drive. A complete community effort. Absolutely. I love that. And I love that you, you know, right at the start of this had happened to mention too, you continuously update it. So, you know, if I, as a consumer found something that I absolutely fell in love with, that I want to get more curious about, you then start tailoring more things towards my curiosity. So it, it, it like you said, the, the possibilities are really limitless here. And, and why would you not get excited about something that is unlimited possibilities? Yeah, and, and that's that's really fun because uh, we were able to add uh, recipe suggestions uh, that, that came from uh, one of the, the customers or the mobile users. Uh, and also we added a chat feature because wineries wanted their customers to reach out to them you know, easily, um, you know, very conveniently on their phone, um, whether it's uh, at the time to reserve a tasting room visit. So all these things you know, came about because people contributed it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I love about technology, how you can continue to be adaptive. And it's a very scalable model. I, I love the fact that anyone can go in the app and type in a suggestion uh, you know, to, to improve the app. And then our product team you know, uh, then look, look at it and create a user story. And then we go out and develop the feature. And then we play it back. So it's this constant iteration mm-hmm. that really is, is a great recipe to, um, to, to continue providing a very simple, elegant solution that serves a purpose. Absolutely. And a, a purpose indeed. Oh my gosh, that's so great. Chrissy, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for the space. I'm excited to see winery producers jump on this. You know, everybody earlier in the industry, a couple months ago, people really started saying, you know, oh, yes, we want to, we're all about diversity. We want to bring equity to the table. We want to be a part of these solutions. This is a solution that is knocking on your door. So are you going to answer it? Or are you going to keep the door shut? And I think that um, the smart thing for everybody to do would be to definitely answer that door and see that you're standing behind it, ready to ready to keep trailblazing and ready to bring up other other people with you. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. Thank you, Gabby. We're here to serve the industry. <laughs> and I love your shirt. It says wine. It puts me in a good state. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and the more accessibility we can bring to the table, the more we can have other individuals um, start to understand that wine can be for them, then everybody's just going to be in a good state. Exactly. We've got to love California. (laughs) Absolutely. Aside from the Pair Anything website, are there other ways that folks can get in contact with you? What is the best way to reach you? Yes, uh, I'm I'm very accessible. Uh, You can uh, follow me at, at Pair Anything. Um, also, uh, as I mentioned, um, you know, Sacramento Entrepreneurship Academy, um, we're at Sactopreneur. So anything relating to um, inclusivity and entrepreneurship or innovating in wine, uh, please reach out. Uh, also, you can reach me at hello at pairanything.com and would love to have 
these conversations with you and how we can create change together. Absolutely. Here's to here's to change and to positivity in 2021. Yes. Salud. <laughs> Thank you, Christy. That was Christy Serato from Pair Anything, CEO, founder, incredible doer of so many things. We're going to keep sipping from her cup and definitely keeping an eye on this new change that's happening in the industry. This is what it's all about, disrupting things, but making it so that everything is always better. Gabriela here with you from The Big Sip. Can't wait to sip with you next week. Stay tuned now. Mm, the big sip.